Welcome to In Your Own Words Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Thickpen, recording in Byron, Mississippi, bringing you firsthand success stories from the past to the present. My goal is to interview as many head football coaches, assistant coaches, teachers, administrators, current students, and others who impact high school sports in Mississippi. Grab a drink, sit back, listen, and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of In Your Own Words Podcast. I'm Chris Thickpin, and today I have a very special guest joining me, a Taylorsville, Mississippi native, a former teammate of mine, a state champion, uh, Jacksonville State alumnus. He is in his fifth year as receivers coach at Tuskegee University in Tuskegee, Alabama. Before he stopped there, he was at Lewis and Clark in the Pacific Northwest, where he coached on the defensive side of the ball. He has a total of six uh, conference championships in men's and women's track and field and also uh, football at Tuskegee. So it gives me a great pleasure to introduce and welcome Tuskegee University receivers coach, Coach Craig A.G. Coach, welcome and thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So, Coach, uh, you know, I always ask my guests, uh, since it's this time of the year, um, everyone was affected by COVID-19. You guys maybe weren't able to finish track and field or maybe even have spring football. Talk about maybe some of the things uh, maybe you guys did or were able to do to stay in touch with your players. Well, man, uh, we had our guys all the way up into spring break. Same thing with, with the men's women track team. But once they went home for spring break, you know, they kind of got everything, you know, kind of got shut down there from there. You know. Thing we've been doing, man, we use all kind of stuff, you know. We FaceTime, we group me, we Zoom, you, know, you you name it, you know, we do it. Um, and I try to reach out to my guys, you know, at least, you know, once a day. Sometimes I go through and I call every last one uh, or just group me, you know, try to shoot the ball a little bit, but the big thing is always about the grades, you know. Um, so we try to stay on top of them about that. Um, our academic advisor, she does a great job. She keeps us updated weekly on who was doing what um, and what professors are going to look out for some of the kids as far as the ones that have issues with internet back at home. So that's that was a scriptful time for us. No doubt. So, Coach, you know, I didn't think of this, uh, you know, on the high school level, uh, at least in Mississippi, and I guess maybe in Alabama to a certain degree, not all students have uh, Internet access when they go home. And so for the college student, uh, that may present a a big problem uh, because I guess universities didn't send out packets or anything like that. Uh, No, man, you know, whether it's high school or college, you know, kids have the same you know, problems, you know, at home. Um, and just when you go off to college, you know, you can hide a little bit because you got so much stuff ready and available for you uh, on the on college campus. Um, but a lot of our professors was, you know, going through the Zoom with kids. What I got frustrated with because they were trying to get the kids to, you know, have the Zoom meetings during their class time. Well, they didn't set it up necessarily to have it 
You know, you got Tuesday and Thursday, you got a nine o'clock and you got eleven o'clock. Well, the Tuesday and Thursday teachers was all trying to go at nine o'clock. Cause issues. The kid can't be, <laughs> you know, on a Zoom meeting in this classroom and then in the Zoom meeting on this classroom as well. You know, so that was my issue with with, with well, how everything went and they kinda got it, you know, adjusted and figured out. But I mean that's two, three weeks of doing that and you know before somebody even thought about the times and how they were doing it but you know I man and you know they have things going on at home as well so they just want to get it over as soon as they can right right and uh well I'm, I'm glad they were able to work it out and and be uh understanding for the student athletes because um, like you said, once, you know, they get on the schedule, they get used to that schedule. And even though they weren't on campus, um, I'm, I'm sure they wanted to maintain, um, you know, a normal schedule as much as possible. You know, the thing that people don't understand, when you're a student athlete or, you know, you become a creature of habit. You know, you pretty much become OCD when it comes to time. You know, your body just say, okay, at Six o'clock, I'm doing this. I should be doing something at six. I should be doing this at seven. I should be doing this at eight, and so on and so on. So that's always the thing when we become student athlete is trying to keep a routine closest to their routine as, as much as possible, especially when and and this kind of go on. You still want to keep that that routine going so they can actually be in their keeping everything normal for them as much as possible. Absolutely. So, Coach, uh, you married um, and, and you have daughters. Uh, so what were maybe some of the things you were able to do uh, possibly with your family that you wouldn't have been able to do um, if, you know, things were normal? Um, man, the big thing is just, especially this time, just to be around them. Um, you know, my my middle daughter, she's a track, so we got a chance to, you know, really get into that big time. So she got a chance to get one track meeting in before everything shut down. So I was able to help train her a little bit um, more than normal. Um, just sitting around the house, just being a dad at home. Um, usually this time of year, man, it's, you know, you got spring ball, the spring ball, you got track meets on the weekends. Uh, not to mention that you're going to have a few kids coming in because just because recruiting say it was over with February 3rd, we recruit all the way up until the start of camp, you know, and then May come roll around, you know, we out scouting and recruiting again. So during this time of year, it's always really, really busy for me. So my schedule is kind of hectic. But when all this happened, you know, I got a chance to just be a dad. Right, right. And coach, uh, you know, with you coaching on the college level and, you know, some people say, you know, that's that's year round and you also do track and field um, at Tuskegee. Um, what what's a typical day like for Coach A.G., uh, maybe from the time you wake up to the time uh, you're able to? What season we talking about? We talking about during football season. We talking about an offseason. <laughs> well, football offseason. Okay, uh, let's let's say uh, let's just say for the uh, spring. For the spring, maybe. since you know I got my degree in exercise science, so um, I'm also involved with the strength conditioning part of the, the football as well. So Monday through Friday, I am up at three thirty in the morning, and I'm 
pulling up on campus about four fifteen to four thirty. Um, I get there, I make sure you know the weight rooms open up for the guys. Um, and I start my planning because I like to visualize everything that I'm going to do that morning and how I want it done. Uh, we have our first group come in at five. Well, we have both group come in at five. I'm sorry. Coach will take the guys that's going to lift, use it as the big boys, and I take the skill guys. Hey, you've been listening to In Your Own Words podcast with Chris Thickpin. Please remember to share. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back, guys, to In Your Own Words podcast. My guest today is uh, Tuskegee University receivers coach and my former teammate, Coach Craig Ag. Coach, before uh, we took a break, um, you were describing your typical schedule, um, getting up at 3 a.m. in the morning, arriving at the facility very early. Uh, take us through um, maybe what that day will look like for you. Uh, and starting on, you know, Mondays is, you know, we got the guys pull up about five. We have um, the whole team there at five. We'll divide the groups up. Um, the big boys, of course, would be the O-line, D-line, um, tight ends. And we threw in the, the linebackers to make the, the numbers work out well. So they'll go in the weight room first, um, use a, a strong upper body day. I take the everyone else. You know, and we'll go out and we'll either hit the track or we'll hit the field. We're either going to get in uh, some 110s or 220s. Now, that's our big conditioning day from over the weekend. We'll make sure whatever they did, you know, won't work out of them real good. And then we'll swap that group up. Um, Tuesdays, Tuesdays is kind of go to the lower body form in the weight room. Uh, we're still going to work on our, our, our running. But we're trying to break it down into phases. We're going to do more track-type stuff. Um, we're going to do some wicked training, just uh, upright running, make sure we know standing tall, good knee drive, good dorsal flex. Um, and so that's how we try to do things, give them Wednesday off, unless um, they skip skipped anything. So if they miss class, uh, late to the weight room, miss the weight room, then go to study hall the night before, then they up on Wednesday morning. Um, six o'clock, we're on the hill. Now we had this real steep hill, man. And, you know, we, we really get them good on that. And I'm in charge of that as well. <laughs> so so what are some of the things you make them do uh, when, when you take them to the hill? Man, the hill running is is, is really ain't, <laughs> it, it ain't nothing you can't hide from. You want to walk it, you're still going to get that lower back. So, what we try to do is I, we got it set up two ways. Um, you got one that's straight vertical hill, and the one that's made like an S. Um, I'm a big fan of the S, you know, because you're going to spread up and then it flatten out a little bit, and then you got to, you know, it goes back up again. I'm a big fan of that one. It's about, it's about 200, 200 meters doing wow. the S. Yes, man. And uh, so, I'm a fan of you go up this straight up the hill. That's about 60, 70 yards, and then you go straight back down. And then soon you get back to your start point, you turn back around, now you got to run the S. And that, that'll be one, you know, and, and you work your way up. Um, the first offense, man, is 10, you know, and then that second offense, then you're up to 20. The third offense, you're dismissed from the team. 
So you guys have a three strikes and you out rule. Yes, pretty much, man. Uh, especially in the off season, because that's when we really try to, you know, hammer on that, that discipline aspect of it. Uh, we're gonna we gotta be able to trust you. If we don't trust you, man, you know you can't play for us. It's just how it works out. Um, we do. We try to get some the benefit of doubt, uh, especially like the freshmen. Uh, we're not as hard on the freshmen, um, but we really want the older guys to grab hold of those guys and explain how things are supposed to be done and 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 follow. Um, you know, at Tuskegee, man, you don't we don't have such a you know high rate of success that. A lot of those kids come in and they just expect the same thing. You know, they've been winning, going to keep on winning. Cause, but they don't understand that off season was really starts at. Um, so that's kind of how that works out on Wednesday. Thursday, we back at it. Um, on Thursdays, man, we really work on our lateral stuff, all hip movement. Um, then it's chain direction, moving lateral. And mainly for the big guys, you know, uh, them the ones we really – Got to showcase that lateral movement for the most part, especially in our scheme of things. Um, and then Friday, it, it depends. Um, we had a really good good day. We kind of pulled back a little bit and, you know, let them play a little seven-on-seven. Um, big boys play soccer because they got to keep moving, break the groups down about five, and they'll play about, you know, half the field of soccer, get two games going, um, just so they're constantly moving at all times. Um but that's it, though. That's kind of how, you know, Monday through Friday goes um, for me in the morning times. Now, I usually get me a workout in about 7 to about 8.30-ish shower. We got meetings at 9. Uh, meetings go from about 9 to 11, 11.30. And then from there, it's kind of lunch lunchtime. Um, then me and uh, the head track coach, we'll get together. We'll try to discuss what we're going to do at track practice that day. If I'm going to have the whole everybody to myself or we're going to break it up and go, you know, by their first primary event. Um, you know, we have guys and girls that are going to do, you know, three or four events. But we try to break it up and see how we're going to do it that day. Monday, we use it all the way together, um, you know, and, and, and it be a conditioning day on Mondays. Tuesdays, we kind of start going to events. Um, Wednesdays a little bit more focused. Then they start going to their second events of what they're gonna do that week. Um, Thursday we kind of go start going technical. Friday be an easy day to a stretch day, um, prepping towards Saturdays, and then you know Saturday we wake up and got track meet. We usually get up about when we get there about five thirty six o'clock. Um, get the breakfast for the kids. Bus to pull up about six. 15, 620, we'll load the buses up and take off. Hey, you've been listening to In Your Own Words podcast with Chris Thickpin. Please remember to share. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome, guys, to In Your Own Words podcast. Again, we're talking to Skiggy. University wide receivers coach, Coach Craig Ag. How's it going? You doing good? Yeah, yeah, man. You know, I got that fresh haircut. You know, so it's great. <laughs> All right, good deal, good deal. Um, your head coach. I want to ask you about your head coach, Coach uh, Willie Slater. Uh, 
you may be talking about when you chance to meet him and um, how he as a man he is. Uh, man, Coach, Coach Slater, man, he recruited me to go to Jacksonville State back in 2002, I want to say. Okay. Coach, uh, Coach Shannon White knew him very well. They worked together in Troy. Um, both of those guys were a national championship at, and uh, you know, we just been been in contact ever since then. Um, he, he left and went to Temple, was offensive coordinator with Temple for two years. Then he came back to uh, Tuskegee. Well, he came to Tuskegee, went back to Alabama in 2005. Um, but the type of person he is, you know, he, he's, he's a little different at times. Uh, real good guy. He knows what he wants, how he want to get done. Um, he's very shy. That's what I mean by different. He really doesn't, doesn't talk too much. Um, but he's, at the same time, though, he's one of those guys that once you get him going, uh, he got jokes and got jokes and he got jokes. <laughs> but what I love about him as a coach, um, man, he lets you he let you coach. You know, he's, he's not one of those guys that going to be over your shoulder every five minutes. Um, he told me that day one, he's like, hey, when I hire you here, I'm bringing you here to coach. Um, I'm going to trust you to do your job. That's why I hired you for, to do a job. I mean, I didn't hire you here to be a babysitter. I hired you here to coach. Um, and however, how you do that, you just make sure that the kids, they're going to respect you and it's going to be within the system. And, you know, and that's how he coached, man. That's how he allows, he allows his coaches to do their job. He trusts them to do their job. Um, and that's what I love about it. Absolutely. But to be honest with how he run the program, nah, he's going to run the program. Um, he run the offense. You know, that's, that's his thing. That's his baby. Um, he don't get involved too much on the defense side of the ball. He let those guys do what they do. Um, once again, like I said, he trusts them. Um, but his big thing is it's all about love. Love the players, love the players, love the players, and be as fair as possible. Um, and that's that's what that's why the program is so successful, man. They got good guys around him. Um, the players are gonna play hard for him. They're gonna believe in the system, and, you know, and everything else just fall into place. No doubt. And coach, you you guys won uh, the AC uh, championship uh, in fourteen in uh, two thousand seventeen. What do you remember, man, about those those seasons in that championship? Man, fourteen, man, we was you know we was a senior heavy on the offensive side of the ball, offensive line, quarterback, receivers, man. You know, that was my first year there, and uh, so you know I'm new, I'm getting there. You know, I know about HBCU ball, but I ain't know all about the traditions and how that go, man. That was the biggest thing for me is just you know, different traditions that I'm, I wasn't accustomed to. Um, everybody know about the bands, but it's the chants. It's, it's uh, you know, the legendary shed at Tuskegee. Uh, I remember we opened up with uh, Alabama A&M, and we play inside of, inside of the stadium. So everybody tailgate inside, and they call it a bowl. But you kind of sit down inside of it just like a bowl. Man, and I get there about – 7.30 that morning and start prepping and kids are already in line waiting to get up under the shed. And by the time kickoff, you know, we can play every game at 1 o'clock, man. I'm, and I'm serious. It's not over-exaggerating. It was about 15 to 20,000 people there. It wasn't a green spot, no grass. 
everything was covered <laughs> with just fans. And, you know, it, it, it was crazy, man. So that was a, a shocking thing to me. So I played at Jacksonville State, man, and we'll, we'll, we'll barely get to that 10,000, you know, depending on who we playing and who is it playing. You know, if Alabama all are playing around the same time we playing, we ain't getting nobody in there. And for the first game of D2 ball, I'm talking about 15, 20,000 people strong, and they there to the end of that thing. Uh, but that season started off a little rough. We lost the first game of the year. We won the next game and uh, played Albany, and it was a shootout. One of the one of the receivers I coached, big time receiver, man, you know, his grandmother. Um, so you know, he wasn't able to make that trip. So you know, we had to make things work and put things together for him. Um, we go up to Winston Salem here, and they, man, they talking about loaded. On the defense side of the ball, I think three or four of those guys end up getting drafted or, you know, signing somewhere to go play in the NFL. And uh, it got beat pretty good there. You know, one and two starting conference play and then that head, that senior leadership that you always want to have, you know, came from a guy up front named uh, Matt Reese, our center, starting center. And it went from there, man. And we just went on a roll. And we averaged about 40 points a game throughout this rest of that season. Wow. Talk about that. Tuskegee, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Tuskegee uh, leads all Division Two, maybe in attendance or maybe in your conference in attendance. And you have uh, a great atmosphere. You mentioned the shed and the student section. So, that says a lot about the pride uh, the alumni and, and people that support your program have for your football team. Of course, man. You know, it, it's big because sometimes we go as far as, you know, uh, we're before Ohio, which is about a, you know, 13-hour bus ride, man. And we have more fans at that game than the home team will. Um, you know, we, we always lead the uh, HBCU when it comes to attendance. Uh, we're always in the top five in all of uh, D2 football for attendance. Um, man, it's, I'm telling you, it's crazy, man. You come to a homecoming game and, you you know, me as a coach, I have to get there at, you know, about 4 o'clock in the morning just to make sure I have my parking spot. So I get there and I'll just, you know, stay in my office and, you know, they got parade and everything going, but just how the campus is just lit up with, you know, all kind of activities and they had defenders on campus, man. It, you looking at on a typical homecoming, you looking about foot traffic about thirty five to forty thousand people easy. Uh whether they inside or the outside, you know, is they gonna be there. And they don't it's not one of those, hey, I'm just here to be here now, it's here to be seen, you know, it's it's that. You know, all the football players are gonna come back, they're gonna bring their wives and kids and and whoever else, their mom, their dad, you know, and the seniors is there. Not just the football seniors, but the the seniors that's on campus, the student seniors. They gonna bring their family there because it's their last go round, you know, as a, as a, as a as a student. So they want to make sure that they have their family there and show that man. It, it gets it's crazy. I'm not even gonna lie to you. I think um, on the evening years is what they call the alumni year, so they'll bring all the cheerleaders back all the former band members to come back, and they were able, right before the game started, they all get together and do all what they used to do. They do the, the little dance that the cheerleader does, the 
papyrettes and their things. The band members get the chance to put their shirts on and play, be part of the band. Um, and it's, it's a wonderful thing. It's beautiful, to be honest with you. Your own words podcast. I'm Chris Dickman, and today my coach, Coach Craig, uh, um, uh, played also Jackson State, which is another, uh, uh, Swags. They're a little bit, they're on a, a, a division higher than you guys. Talk about, I know you beat Jackson State, uh, maybe a year or two ago, but what does this? Our program playing those bigger schools and how you guys will have success. Oh uh, man, you know, to be honest with you, we do a really good job of recruiting. We go out, we recruit against those guys all the time. We recruit against the Swag, we recruit against the MEAC. Um, so that's one of those things. We all go out to some of the same players. Um, but the levels really doesn't matter to me. It's only, you know, the scholarship-wise, you know, uh, 63 to 36. But to be honest with you, in the SWAC, not all those schools are fully funded. Um, so we have just as much depth as those guys. Um, and we also do a really good job with how we get our depth. You know, like we're going to offer a guy a full ride. You know, we only got 36 that we can break up. Well, we offer one guy a full ride, then we're going to get two guys that can play, but they're going to be on academic money. So that boosts our depth that way. And the old guys might not be, you know, a two-year player. We use the term three-year player. The old guys like that, we develop. And then once we step on there, man, it's not that really big of a difference for a starter starter. Recruited, we talked about your roster out. It's a little bit different. Is that right? Yes, man. We, we get 36, what they call equivalency scholarship. You know, you can break those things up as much as possible. You know, you can go full all the way down to the book, you know, depending on how you want to spend your money. Okay. And uh, out of the JUCO building from uh, high school players? Um, a little bit of both, man. It depends on the year. Um, now switching over, um, you know, we have – uh, staff change over, so they moved me from Gwinnett County, Georgia. So now I'm back in Mississippi Juco big time. So what we want to try to do now is make sure that we are at least being present there. Um, because we know how it works, you know. It's, we You can get a, a skilled player pretty much anywhere, high school, transfer. But when it comes to trying to get O-line, D-line, then we're going to really have to try to get into the Mississippi Juco um, and Kansas we do get guys from junior college, man, but the thing is, because he's one of those academic schools, we lose out on a lot because guys want to come in mid-year. We get so afraid just of the transition from, you know, junior college to Tuskegee mid-year. Get kind of um, tricky at times, or iffy, I shouldn't say, because you're coming in mid-year. Um, I don't know. I'm not saying junior college is a little more lax, but they come from junior college and they, you know, get a Tuskegee and then bam, you get in the face. You know, with professors at Tuskegee, man, they don't they don't look at student athletes the same as other other institutes. They look at you are a student at Tuskegee University. You know, I don't care what your what your load is outside of this. No, I'm not gonna give you, you know, uh, you know, 
put it this way. When we can go on a, we'll leave on a uh, Friday, Friday morning to go on a, uh, a trip for a game. We give every kid an excuse. Some professors, man, want to accept those kids' excuses. Wow. But they look at it and say, we are, you, you are a student at Tuskegee. You got into Tuskegee. You know, we don't, they look at it, they don't care about sports as much. Um, so that's the reason why we get kind of afraid of the junior college kids mid-year. Um, at least we get them in during the fall. You get a whole year, you know, that you can really work a teacher over to make sure we get them in the right classes um, and, and get them set the right way with our tutoring or how that works out. Okay, so for for lead at Tuskegee, it's, it's really tough uh, because, as you said, uh, the professors just treat them like just students. And is that right? Exactly right, man. It's, um, and it's, it's kind of one of those things that, you know, you pretty much don't want to continue to go over professor head, but you constantly have to go to the department head on certain situations. Now, we do a good job when guys are coming in during the fall. We put them with the right professor that understands. But, you know, when it comes to mid-year, a lot of those classes be full, and then you just got to get them in to get classes, and that's when the problem comes. Um. But, but for the most part, man, like, you know, Tuskegee is known for the veterinarian uh, program and the engineering program. Though we don't have problems there. And, you know, the college of uh, ag, we don't have problems there. Business, we don't have problems there. It's usually when you start dealing with your biology teachers, your chemistry teachers, the ones that, hey, man, this, you know, it's, it's some hard stuff here. Um, that's the issue that we'll have. They're a little different over there in that building, man. Okay. So, Coach, let's segue. You've been a part of several championships. Uh, you and I won a championship together in high school. Uh, you, you've won a championship at Tuskegee, uh, multiple championships there. What would you say uh, is the main common denominator for having a championship-level uh, football program? Man, to be honest with you, man, it, it, it's about the team camaraderie, man. You know, you, you think about it, you miss one that we had together is you know, that one common goal and everybody believe in that common goal and willing to sacrifice no matter what for that common goal. Um, you can't do that if you uh, don't have guys that have that that respect for each other. You know, um, what it was, man, well, after the car wreck my senior year, when we lost the base brain and we had to come back and be enterprise, That's right. right. And, and you think about it, from that time, man, it's more of a coming together moment. You know, it's like, um, you know, it was being said, I know Coach Ray used to always harp on, hey, don't be the first senior class to come and go through Taylorville without a championship, man. That meant something. It's like, okay, I don't like you, but, man, but look, bro, we got to put all this aside right now, man. It's bigger than us. You know, it's bigger than what me and you got going on. Is we need to come together, figure this out, man. Let's go on from there. And then the, the fun sort of comes. You know, now you're not worried about, what he's saying about you or what he's saying about you. Nah, man, we all saying the same thing. We having fun now. We're playing for each other. And you think about it, uh, Chris, man, is a lot of times, man, is the coaches didn't really have to straighten things out. I mean, the players took care of that. You know, I still remember the St. John's game, man, and we called a play to Rico three times, and I'm the one who thought about the play. Right. For Rico. I could have I ran it myself, you know, right. but it was, no, nah, man, it's, no one is guarding him. I'm over here. They're shifting here. So 
you know, that's what makes the championship team, man. You know, from that year to my two years at Jacksonville State, Tuskegee, it, it was just about everybody being unselfish, being on the same accord, having a good camaraderie, and just looking out for each other, man. It's, the coaches now just relax and call plays because they trust that it's going to get done no matter what play is called, no matter what situation is called, it's going to get done. Absolutely. Now, uh, Coach, I know you were a great player and even a, 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 an incredible competitor. Um, what is your – you have a master's in sports psychology. Has your coaching style changed, or is it like you're saying the same mentality that you played with? Um, it's a little um, – and the reason why I say that, man, is I, I worked two years um, at a place called the Learning Tree. You know, it's, it's, um, it's for mentally challenged kids, right? Uh, autistic kids, you know, higher and lower function, nonverbal. And they taught me a lot about patience. Um, so I try to add a little bit of that to the flavor now because of every kid is different. I'm not saying that I'm coaching autistic kids at all. I'm saying that they're going to pick on things differently. You know, I got some that I can talk on, get them to hard, and, you know, push them, and I got some that, you know, I got to I gotta grab your hand, you know, and I got to talk to them. I got to pull them to the side and and, and not embarrass them in front of others. So, you know, embarrassment not going to lead to an argument, and you don't want that either. So, you know, it's just trying to get a – I coach 15 guys, and I'm going to coach 15 different ways. You know, it get kind of hard, get kind of crazy, man, but I got daughters, so, you you know, you got to learn to deal with it. <laughs> um, my passion that that competitive nature comes and not so much in individual practice, man. In individual practice, man, we I'm really I'm a detailed guy. But when we go one on one, seven on seven, now I'm talking. You know, we ain't losing. You know, not one. It should be not one loss, period. And that's when my, they get the chance to see, hey man, coach, man, you still got that fire a little bit, you know. That kind that's when it come out. Um, but my style from playing and coaching is a little different, man. You know, a little more mellow. Had to gotta be, because um, I want the best out of my guys. And it's, you know, it's it's, it's like reading the book, man. Every chapter is different. Right, and I think the really good coaches. I, I've learned that myself. Some guys need you to be on them constantly, um, and some guys are are self motivated. So, um, you know, I, I think as a coach, you got to be able to, as you said, coach them all tough but maybe even uh different at the same time yeah I mean, you know you got to but you also got to make sure that all your players understand that though that's the thing because you got some of those guys like dang told me you always on me or dang coach man you you must like him more you like me man you don't never yell at him so it, you know it got to be one of, it's got to be a mutual ground that they understand their own so like i always start off every year whether you're a returning senior or you're a, a fresh incoming freshman what are your goals? Why they are your goals? How can I help you get to your goals? All right, that's the first three things. And then that fourth thing is going to be is what is your personality type? Someone be like, oh, why you ask me that? I'm like, well, man, the, the, the reason is because your personality is going to tell me how I can coach you or how I can talk to you, you know? Um and once they understand that, and everybody do it, and, and I do it myself, um, now we can all get on the same level. 
you know, same understanding. Uh, and I try to let them know, understand, you know, man, they, everybody going to have moves and they're going to have moves swinging. They're going to go through it. It's going to get tough. I'm going to have it myself. Don't take it personal. And, 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 you know, and, and it goes the same way. You know, I just try to make sure they understand, like, all right, man, look, you got one of your days, man, and, and, and you just can't shake it. Even though you're at practice, you can't shake it, man. You know, give me the look. Let me know something. You know, just don't try to go through it and just make it worse. Let me know something. And we can work that out, man. You know, yes, I want you at practice. You're going to be at practice. You're going to do things required to practice. But I'm not going to put you in a situation where you're going to embarrass yourself and now you're just going to go spiraling out of control. But still about confidence. Always going to be about confidence. The player only going to play fast and all that if they have confidence in doing that. So I make sure that's that's took care of the first few days of camp. Absolutely. Again, listeners, you're listening to In Your Own Words podcast. I'm Chris Thickpin, and today my guest is Tuskegee University wide receivers coach and former uh, Mississippi native uh, Craig Ag. Uh, coach, you've been able you played high school football in Mississippi, and I'm sure you get a chance to see some high school football in Alabama. Um, how would you compare the two? Oh, man, beyond what you don't is. The the difference is you're gonna have coaches on the sideline in Alabama. Rather is you know one A through seven A here. That's the biggest difference. You know you, um, I still get back every now and again to watch uh, Taylorville play a little bit, and you know you're gonna have guys on the sideline about the number. You know your your minimal number, I guess you could say. Uh, but when you come over here, man, you you got a full-on staff. I don't care if they got 20 kids or they got, you know, 150 kids. Um, and I think that's the biggest difference, to be honest with you. Um, Go ahead, Coach. Yeah, um, for as player-wise, man, it, you know, it's it's just talent. You know, it, the South is just there's talent everywhere in the South. Um, but, but that's my biggest thing. And I saw, like, dang, you know, um, they really get the most out of their players because you got a coach for every position. Um, and then you're going to have a coordinator and you're going to have a, you know, on both sides and you got a head coach. That's, that's all he do is, is football. You don't teach a class is either weight room or, you know, Hey, he's dealing with the recruiters that they come in out the building. That's my biggest, you know, difference, you know, and that's goal for Georgia too, for me having that area recruiting Georgia. It's the exact same thing there. Man. It's, they have a lot of guys that's, around players, helping players. And and that's great because even at the high school I'm at now, you know, it's, it's, it's basically June, and we still have to fill out our defensive side of the football uh, with staff members, and it's, it's kind of like pulling teeth, uh, you know, trying to work with administration and, you know, find good coaches and be able to pay good coaches. But uh, what, what you're saying is – that process goes a little bit better in Alabama and Georgia. Of course, man. Um, you know, I can only speak on the net area that I was in, uh, and that's what they're going to have, man. And just about every coach is going to be in building somewhere. If they're not in the high school building, they're in the middle school ranks where, guess what, they still got their hands on kids still. Um, like, you know, it's one of the coaches that I was in, uh, Newton High School, Newton County High School in Georgia, in Covington, Georgia, man. The head coach was over um, 
ISS, man. That's what his job was. ISS and talk to recruiters, you know. Um, but he had his whole staff there, you know, and, and then they're going to make sure that those guys are still some kind of way involved in them. So they football, they in basketball and track. So they always had a hand on those guys, developing those guys. I know over here at Auburn, man, it's the same way. Um, they have a full-on, like, you know, they run there like college, bro. Auburn High School run their program like college. Um, of course, you know, they got all the bells and whistles, the indoor facilities and all that, man. But it's what they do with their coaches. Man, one of my uh, wife's good friends, um, husband, he's a D-line coach. Not D-line. The defensive ends coach. Wow. He coaches just defensive ends. You know what I'm saying, man? So there you go. It's like every position is getting, you know, good ratios. Everybody's getting good reps. Everybody's getting good coaching. So you're not trying to coach you know, a five technique, three technique, one technique, and a nine or a seven. You know, he, hey man, he's hey, look, this is what you're doing in this, and this is how we're gonna play it. And you, you know? don't have to and you don't have to switch over and, and coach uh cornerbacks and then switch and, and coach receivers. There you go. You don't. So now you you get a chance to get, you know, you got a DB coach, he's gonna coach you, you know, or, uh, you know, from a DB standpoint. You know, or you get a receiver coach, you know. I was fortunate enough to play both positions in high school and college. You know, I played both sides of the ball in college. So I teach my guys from a DB standpoint on how we're going to beat releases, why guys playing certain leverages and so on and so on. But in high school, man, it was – you know how it was, man. You know, I against Coach Jordan, man. But, bro, it was just, hey, <laughs> just press and go. You know, if you can run with them, just – you know, I used to turn my back to, to the linemen, man, not press coverage. You know, yeah. every receiver was the same thing. Uh, you just, you know, we were just faster than everybody. But now you get guys, that's, you know, coming out of high school in Georgia or Alabama, they come to college ready to play. You know, I done played so many guys as freshmen coming from um, Georgia, Alabama, or even Texas. Those guys come to Tuskegee and they're able to get in the rotation as freshmen. Because they understand, you know, the in working receiver. They understand the in working the receiver. No doubt, coach. And coach, um, let's just say maybe in your conference and in the teams you play, about how many coverages uh, do you see? Hey, you've been listening to In Your Own Words podcast with Chris Thickpin. Please remember to share. Now, let's get back to the show. All right, Coach, we're back. So, Coach, uh, what I wanted to know is you, you talked about the players uh, you coach from uh, those other states being ready to play. Um, about how many maybe coverages do you see, um, you know, in your conference? Oh, man, our conference uh... – when I first got got into the coverage, just a bunch of cover two, cover four. Um, but as the conference grows, you get uh, different coaches coming from different areas. We're starting to see, you know, a lot more man free. Um, on film, we see a lot more man free. We don't want to see it versus other, other type of guys that we have. Um, but you know, they're getting very creative now. I mean, you're starting to get a lot of combo coverages. You know, where they, um. Squatting the corner, rolling the safety, so they, you know, get a cloud on the backside, or they go man backside and go cover two. Um, uh, you know, they do a lot of just 
you know, like I said, they getting a lot of creative, man. Um, I know we played against uh, one team outside our conference was um, Missouri S and T, and man, they played a cloud coverage where the corner never got his hands on the number one receiver. Uh, he lined up over number one, but he would cheat to jump number two every time, and the state that would get over top of one. Um, yeah, you know, it was a little interesting, you know. Uh, we played against um, North Carolina. Hey, I can't think of the name of the team now, man, but um, no, in USC Pembroke, we played against them, and they did similar, where they cheated their corners inside, the cover two look, and the states were getting over top of one, but uh, they jumping two right away. Uh, so, I mean, you know, it's, it depends on what the coaches like or what they think they're going to take away. You know, it's no different from anywhere else, man. It's no really big-time coverage that that we're going to see all the time. Uh, we're an option team, so we're not going to see much, man, because of that. Um, so we see a lot more cover two, cover four looks. Okay. So, Coach, what do you tell prospective uh, student athletes, guys thinking about, or, or maybe girls, because you do track also, thinking about uh, attending Tuskegee, what is maybe the sales pitch that uh, you give or how you explain why Tuskegee should be the place they should uh, attend? Man, you know, we talking about receiver, we just talking about in general. In general? I mean, I tell guys, man, um, is this, you know, some advice somebody gave me when I was coming out was go to the school that you can go to without football or without that sport, I should say. And the reason being because none of it, this is, is is forever, right? But the education is um, you have more kids that will transfer or drop out of school because either they go there for a coach uh, or they go there just for football or whatever sport they do, right? Um, they get an injury or whatever happens, they leave. But if you love that school, you're going to stay at that school and graduate from that school. So that's the first thing I tell them. But man, when it comes to Tuskegee is you're going to get a great education. It's going to teach you a lot about life fast. Um, and it's football. I mean, you're going to have a chance to win. You're going to have a chance to, you know, accomplish a great uh, dream. I don't tell people NFL. I say professional because, you know, it's more than in one different avenue. We're getting paid to play the sport. Um, and, you know, I tell the guys this, man, it's 25 to one girl boy ratio. <laughs> wow, <laughs> you can't go wrong with that. You know, hey. <laughs> so you know the, the guys always love that. I keep that away from the mom. <laughs> I don't let the mom know. That <laughs> mom know, you know, no matter what position the kid is, you know, if I'm recruiting a kid, then they gonna always have somebody they can come talk to when they're away from home. Um, I'm not one of those coaches. Oh, I recruit you and you play DB. All right, once you get here, I ain't got nothing for you. I'm not that guy. You know, so I trust. I, I let the parents know they can trust me. Your kid, you know, your child is coming to school at Tuskegee. You're going to always have somebody that they can come talk to no matter what. You know, um, but my door is always open. And, you know, that's always been, you know, a good selling point to parents. You know, I talk to more track parents one-on-one uh, -on -one than I do football parents, uh, mainly because, you know, when it comes to football, I man, everybody's involved in that, right? All the coaches right. are involved. All coaches are in the coach in the, in the kids' ear, in the parents' ear. So um, that's how I work it when it comes to, you know, the parents with track. You know, when it comes to parents with football, is you know, 
I want you to know who I am. Uh, especially the kid receiver, this I am. You know, I cuss. I'm a cusser. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna be tough, but I'm gonna be fair. Um, and that's the thing is, man, when it comes to the recruiting, is just getting the parents to understand who you are, um, and getting the kids to understand who you are, because they're the ones who, who you're gonna be around. And I don't believe in being fake. I never have been that way. So I want them to know me. Uh, but the selling point of Skeegan, man, is itself, man. It's just the history. Um, coming on campus is just it's a beautiful campus. Um, you gonna have a great education, man. Is and I'm gonna tell you this: when it comes to Tuskegee, um, I graduated from Jacksonville State. I can't I can't scratch that. I love my school, but my school didn't really set me up for life after school. Tuskegee gonna have put on six career fairs throughout the year. And they're going to be in different locations that teachers require students to go to. They te- they have an orientation class that they teach the kids about different type of interviews that you can have. You know, you got um, your official interviews, you got your elevator interviews, you know, stuff I never heard of. You know, just a quick introduction. Hey, man, blah, blah, so and so. But the big deal about the, the career fairs, man, is they're hosted by the Tuskegee alums. So Tuskegee alums come back to hire Tuskegee students for internships, for jobs. They set them up. Uh, one of my kids named Tyrell McCain, loved that kid that was a walk-on DB, switched to receiver, played four years for me. You know he graduated from engineering four years, but he did an internship and never applied for it. Wow. He made 25 grand over the summer. He never applied for the internship it because – the place that that was in North Carolina or Virginia, I'm sorry, called Tuskegee wanting someone bad. They knew Tuskegee would have somebody for him. He's an electrical engineer. And boom, he worked there for two summers. He called me crying because he didn't want to go. He wanted to come to Tuskegee and work out and train with me. I'm like, man, look, <laughs> you, you got to think about stuff outside of football all the time, man. It's not always football all the time, man. You're going to have your opportunity to, to make plays. You know, I'm pretty sure you're going to work out there. I'm going to send you a workout. Go take care of that, man. And I remember in 2017, we going to the um, – on the bus, going to our hotel in Atlanta before the championship game. And he comes sitting next to me on the phone interviewing. He wasn't – he wasn't one – they weren't asking him questions, man. He interviewing his boss on why, he should go, you know, like why should I come work for you, you know? And they answered questions that he asked because how bad they wanted him. He had 12 job offers, man. He told where he wanted to go. He's now running the plant. He running um, Exxon? I think he running Exxon in, Mobile, in, in um, Baton Rouge right now. Wow. That's why people choose Tuskegee. Because <laughs> they're going to okay. leave there with you know, eighty to a hundred thousand dollar job, easy. Depending on what major they go to school in, man. You know, I, I can I can go on and on about my guys that I still talk to on a regular basis, man. That got great jobs. That that's great, coach. And and I remember um, maybe it was a high school coach that told us this, but what what you said about going to a school that you would feel comfortable going to if you weren't playing football or sports. Uh, and I think that's great advice for, you know, all uh, 
prospective student athletes, even if you're not, you know, a football player, you could be a track guy, a guy or girl. And uh, that's, that's some great advice. And uh, I've always heard good things about Tuskegee and, and you just confirmed uh, some of those things I've already heard. And uh, those are great stories. Man, it, it goes on and on and on. I'm serious. It's, it's you know, you want to go back for a tradition, you know, way back in, you know, in, in the 20s and 30s, you know, they got people there, you know, they got people in the NFL, the Olympics, um, you know, Lionel Richard, um, Tom Joyner, you know, you can go on and on and on, man. But it's, it's like it's it's like every year is almost like a passing the torch, you know, like who's going to be the next great, you know, Tuskegee. And I guess you could say, you know, it's like, who is going to be, you know, and it just keep on going. Like we got guys that play in the NFL, man, they still come back to practice this day to this day, helping guys, giving them advice, wow. giving them pointers to this day, you know, and one of the main one is Frank Walker, you know, he's from Tuskegee. Um, I mean, he literally is from Tuskegee. You know, he didn't leave home. He wanted to play. You know, he said, if I wasn't going to play for Alabama, Auburn, I'm going to I'm gonna stay home and play at home. You know, and he did that. Got drafted, I want to say, sixth round. But he played 10, 12 years in the league. And, man, he comes back to practice on Mondays and Wednesdays, and me and him go at it. He's a DB. You know, and he coaching the DBs. I got receivers, and we laugh and joke, and, and we coaching the guys up, man, going head to head. Like, you know, it's – that's what it is. And then he'll sit back and he'll host a camp there where everybody come for free, you know. Uh, but that's, the, that's that that family atmosphere that you get from Tuskegee. You don't get me wrong. You know how family is. I mean, everybody going to have some issues. But at the end right. of the day, man, is they always going to help each other out and work through things, man. And like I was telling you about the professors. Yes, they're going to be tough because they consider themselves the Harvard of the South or the Black Harvard, Black Ivy League. But at the end of the day, when you get to the right people and you and you go to class, they're going to sit down and they'll give you the benefit of the doubt if you've been there from, you know, the fall throughout. You know, you get to know, you get to know those professors and they get to know you and understand that, you just, you know, you're just not one of those guys or one of those girls. Um, but they care about their jobs. You know, I went to JSU, man. And the first thing you say, just show up. <laughs> you know, that was what they used, just show up. You know, I remember... Uh, my history teacher, man, hey, yeah, I show up to class, man. It's who, who we got this weekend, what they look like. You know, that's what the talk was. Tuskegee doesn't yeah. do that. You know, Tuskegee is about their business. It's, you know, we're putting out a product, you know, um, and, you know, you want this product. You know, like Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola not going to put out no bad Coke. You know, if it is, we're going to do a recall. We're going to get it fixed. I mean, that's that's I got that from Jack Crow. You know, his, I mean, his thing was Snickers, right? And you, you you don't even got to open a wrap of a Snickers. You know what's in it. You know what it's going to taste like. You know what it's going to look like. You know gonna, that's that brand. That's the image they already put out there that everybody knows. And that's how Tuskegee can handle the academics. Exactly like that. Parents love it. Wow. What, what, what a great uh, place to be. Um, tradition, uh, the culture you guys have there. Um, Coach, what would maybe you say, um, what, what are some of your long-term goals? Man, my long-term goals is, you know, I want to be the boss man one day. You know, um, I'm not, I don't care about if it's, you know, power five or high school. That doesn't bother me because coaching is coaching. Everybody is doing the same thing. Um, at the end of the day, you're helping young men grow, right? It just, the label in front of your shirt is different, right? <laughs> but 
my long-term goal is, man, I want to be a head coach, and I want to be one of those guys that that's around, you know, that's there for a while, that's in, involved in the community. And, you know, people know your face. They, you know, they, they parents look forward to sending their kid to play for you. That's, you know, what I want. I still remember, you know, you know, kind of I want to be like a Televille guy, man. You know, uh, only thing differently is, man, I, I want to, you know, put my roots there. I want to be there. Um, like I said, it doesn't matter what level. But, you know, I want to be one of those guys that be known as one of the greatest to ever do it. No doubt. Now, Coach, you're at a special place now. You played at a special place in high school. You played college football. Um, and you know how sports and football can maybe bring communities and people together that, you know, if they didn't have that, maybe they didn't see anything, uh, in, in, any commonalities. So um, talk about maybe the importance of sports in society. Well, I'm going to say that, you know, from where I'm from, you know, my community, Summerland, you know, there's a lot of us still there, right? Um, and, like, you know, a lot of us had never left there for real, you know, besides maybe going on a trip here and there, man. But sports bring everyone together, you know, from, you know, rich, poor, you know, black, white, green, purple, and it's going to bring you together. Um, and not only is it going to bring you together, man, you're going to sit next to each other. You're going to cheer for the same ones. You're going to, you know, you're going to boo the same player, you know, from the opposing team. Um, and that, they just bring that, that ground, you know, that middle ground that, that, you know, we, we kind of miss it at times. Um, you know, I, I can just speak for me, man, without sports, there's a lot of places I never would have went. I never would have left, you know, Mississippi. Um, through sports, man, I'm I'm always at a job. Um, uh, no matter where, you know, whether it's in sports or it's not in sports, man, they look at your background and they see that, man. They know you're a team person. They know you can, you know, move well or around others. Um, but the big thing is, is man, it it brings people together. That's all I can I would really say, man. Because I think about Taylorville, Chris, man. On Fridays, man, everything's shut down until the game is over with. If it's a home game, it's a away game. If you don't get something to eat before 6 o'clock, you ain't going to eat until, <laughs> you know, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. You know how it is, man. It always been that way. No matter what's going on, it's, you're going to find your way to that game, you know, to that field. That's true. And everybody's going to get together. I mean, I remember growing up, man, watching your brother play, man. They have a game going on the field. They're going to be a game outside the field. You know what I'm saying? So that's it. But that's it. And everybody just always been there. Um, you know, it'd be t- it'd be rough at time, man. But when it comes to Friday nights or it comes to Saturday, man, it's whatever happens during the week is not gone. Now let's let let that go, man. It's now we here. Let's get together. We all want to um and go from there. Um, you know, especially during tough times, man. You know, it always think about, it. you know, when 9 11 happened, we're playing against Raleigh. Everybody should. That's right. You know, um, you know, it was a whole thought. You might not play. You're going to play. But then when you, when you play, man, it's like no one's forgot what happened. Don't get me wrong. But it, it gave you that two to three hours of sense of everything is going to be okay. You know, and, and that's what sports does. You're, you're, you're so correct on that. Well, Coach, uh, again, listeners, you're listening to In Your Own Words podcast. My guest today is Tuskegee University wide receivers coach, uh, 
and Mississippi native uh, Coach Craig Ag. Uh, Coach, it's been a, a a wonderful time, man, talking to you, having you reflect back on your career, uh, talk about your coaching, your style, uh, the school you're at now, some of the things you learned, uh, some of the people that influenced you, uh, like your head coach, you know, having that relationship with him, recruiting you out of high school. Uh, and, and I appreciate you for, uh, you know, being flexible with me. Um, I, I know we tried to do this uh, several times, and um, I, I knew your story was important, and uh, we needed to archive it. So uh, I, I appreciate you, man, and I know you're doing some great work at Tuskegee. Yeah, you know, man, it's anytime, you know, we can always get back together and talk to, you know, former teammates, you know, good friends, and, and just reflect is always, you know, a good time, a good thing to do. You know, nowadays we rarely talk to each other. Uh, everybody's so busy. Uh, no one really takes time out, at least in a text message. Um, so anytime you get a chance just to, you know, go down memory lane and just see how each other doing is always great. That's one thing I love about, you know, Coach James Ray. You know, I mentioned him earlier. And, and, and Coach White, Shannon White, man, is I talk to those guys. You know, they send me text messages out the blue sometimes, you know, just see how I'm doing and, um, and then, you know, another guy's Maxwell Thurman, my DB coach. Man, they go a long way sometimes. You, know, you never know what someone might be going through, you know. Um, and I'm glad we kind of, you know, started back talking, you know, what, through social media, right, how we found each other again and started back talking. Um, That's right. You know, and I think, you know, what you're doing, you're doing a great job uh, with this podcast, man, and I would love to see it grow. Um, and just, you know, just get people on, man, you know, rather it's, sports guys or just you know old friends just talk about you know the good old days man you know and then just right you know no doubt well uh coach man take care you know I, you and your family be safe I, I know you're you're thinking about your players and and they're thinking about you guys as coaches all your fans want to say good luck to you guys man whenever the season uh, does uh, start again and we return to some sense of normalcy. And uh, maybe one day I can come out there uh, to a game and ball and parlay with Hey, you. man, bring it on, man. Bring it on. You know I got you. <laughs> you know I got you. So come on out. <laughs> bring some of them balls. You got no doubt. Let's, let's see a good time as well. That's right. That's right. All right, Coach. Take care. All right, man. man. Thanks for having me. It was, it was great. Right. No doubt. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe, whether you listen on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or any of the podcast platforms. In Your Own Words is just that for my guests. Whether it's their stories or opinions on high school sports in Mississippi. From all of us to all of you, good day and God bless.